welcome to another episode of the Putt Return Podcast, part two of our uh, week four content. As always, I'm joined by Nick Splitter. Nick, how you doing, mate? Good, mate. Two in a week. Two in two days. Yeah. Incredible. Um, getting sick of talking to you, to be honest. There's been a lot of uh, back and forth trying to work out how best to, to do it this year. So, um, yeah. yeah it's, we'll see. It's just, I don't know. It's crazy. Um, I'm getting frustrated that books aren't going up with props earlier yeah. on in the week. Um, it's hard for our long shots and everything, but then if we don't, uh, record tonight, then it's like eating into our weekend and yeah, it's hard, uh, especially with you, with families and everything. But anyway, um, very difficult, yeah. but while, while we're on that, if, if you want to keep hearing this podcast, like we do this, we do this on our own volition. We're not sponsored, although we wouldn't mind being yeah. sponsored. If, if anyone's interested, let us know. But if you want to hear more of it, if, if you like the podcast, let us know reviews yeah. on iTunes or, or wherever on Facebook, yes, please retweets. Yeah. Retweet, come and Everything. chat with us. You just like yeah. the, the more the merrier. We want we want to uh, to hear from we you want guys. Engagement. And, yeah, so tell us, tell us how you how you feel. Tell us what you think. If you if you're pissed off yeah. at one of our calls, then let us know. Yeah, call me out, please. Make me eat <laughs> pie, um, especially on Josh Allen. Uh, exactly. That was yesterday's episode. Check that out. We we recap week three. If you want Thursday night football thoughts, um, even though it's a bit of a bummer uh, in terms of the game, check that out as well. But yeah. Mostly our, our uh, takes from the you know the week that was and, and where we're at in the NFL, but let's um let's jump straight into to the rest of the week four slate and we'll, we'll kick start with uh, Arizona minus three and a half at Carolina. The total is fifty one. Um, also, if you're new to the show, we go game by game here um, and we just talk about how we feel about the game and then we'll give a play if if we're really keen on it. Um, and if we're not, we do a few leans and, and there's a few player stuff and, and fantasy stuff that we may bring up here and there. Um, in this one, I lean Arizona minus three and a half. Um, if it gets to a flat three, I'll probably take them. But um, I think their loss last week was more what I expected them to be after their sort of hot start to the season. Um, you know, I think their offense, you know, it's it's not terribly efficient at the moment, um, but I think they'll get the the job here, get the job done here against an inexperienced defense in in Carolina with all the rookies that they're starting. I'm not expecting Kyler Murray to toss three interceptions again, but yeah, I thought Arizona were more kind of they're going to be a shootout team because I just don't know if their defense can keep up their play from the first couple of weeks. So I definitely love uh, you know or looking at the over, um, but yeah, I think look CMC is a big loss for Carolina, but I still feel they managed to move the ball pretty well. I think Matt Rule's a pretty good play caller and. And he's drawing up some good stuff there. And Teddy Bridgewater looks competent. So I can see them putting up a fight early, but I just think the Cardinals just have too many points in them and they'll overpower them. So, uh, yeah, it's probably a, a flat three a play and then a lean to the over. The total's gone over in seven of Carolina's last nine games. Yeah, like you alluded to, I see I see points in this game. I, I like the overs in this one. I think both of these teams are, are so offensive-minded. Uh, and, and really, they're not they're not as sturdy on the defensive end as, as we know. I'm going to keep taking the overs in, in Panthers and Cards games, and especially when they're playing each other, I think it's just kind of a, a no-brainer for me, the way that I, I see these games. Carolina ranked 30th in defensive DVOA. They're terrible in both pass and rush defense. And surprisingly, Arizona ranked 7th overall on, on defensive DVOA. And while we love, we love data, I mean, both you and I love data, we love stats, we love analysis. And when we're doing this stuff, we, we do utilize a lot of numbers, you know, when trying, to, when trying to find edges, but numbers can lie. And although they're ranked seventh overall in, in defensive DVOA, they've played San Francisco, who 
have the eighth ranked offense. Um, Washington at 29th and Detroit at 22nd. So there's not much to write home about from a defensive standpoint at Arizona. And, and I think there's some regression there, as, as you mentioned earlier. So I really like the, the over 51 here. Um, an interesting prop that I, I saw just while looking at this game is $3.30 for a touchdown on the first drive of the game. Um, looking at both these teams, they've given up – both these teams have given up scores in the first five minutes of pretty much every game that they've played so far. So um, whether or not it's the first drive is, is questionable, but um, you know, I think there's, there's some value there for, a, for an early score. Hmm. Depends who wins the coin toss or what they choose to either elect or receive. But, yeah, I'm much more confident in Arizona if they, if they receive the ball first. But, um, I, definitely I, agree there's, there's, I definitely agree that there's more points in Arizona, but I always feel like there is some points. that There is, there is yeah. a score in the Panthers when they're on. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I like DJ Moore as well, overs in this one. Um, I'll, I'll be searching around later across the weekend. He's been cleaning up in the air yards, still hasn't quite found the end zone. So I'll be looking at some anytime touchdown scorers if it's, up and over around the $3 mark. I'll, I'll be definitely looking at that. Um, while we talk about overs, um, I saw an interesting tweet today after we sort of had the talk yesterday about all the penalties and, and the non-holding calls and the way that the rules have been set up to uh, affect uh, offense. And one of the sharpest sort of sports bettors in the world, uh, Rufus Peabody, tweeted today that mm. uh, that the penalties, uh, you know, in terms of um, expected points added to the game is – has risen to 4.33 points per game in terms of penalties, boosting the offensive ex- expected points added. So um, in 2019, it was 2.62. In 2018, it was 2.15. So it's almost doubled uh, wow. the, the years previous. So, you know, that's just his own EPA calculations. Um, you know, so there might be a, a little error here or there. That's his words, not mine. Uh, I pretty much would trust his numbers <laughs> over most. Um, He's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, he's very, very sharp, very red hot. And uh, I I found that particularly fascinating as well. So um, I'm terrified to take unders unless there's a a really inflated number or we know there's two bad quarterbacks like there's a night football uh, between the Jets and the Broncos. Uh, But yeah, over 51 is probably the the lean there. All right, Baltimore minus 13 on the road, taking on Washington. It's not a a big road, it's just down the road. Uh, The total is 46. This is a huge line on the road. But the Ravens are fourteen and one straight up, eleven three and one against the spread over their last fifteen regular season games, including a seven and zero straight up and six zero and one against the spread record on the road. So they've been an absolute juggernaut, um, except when they play uh, against Andy <laughs> Reid and, and the Chiefs, who are their kryptonite. Um, my numbers have this around ten, um, but, but I, I just can't take the Redskins after they let me down against the Browns last week, and I just Dwayne Haskins is is awful. Um, the Ravens roll, but I feel like, you know, the back door could be firmly open. We could see Robert Griffin play the entire fourth quarter. Um, so, and it's hard to tell whether that slows them down or not. But, uh, you know, at times they, they've often scored where they're just running the ball so effectively in the fourth quarter. Um, it doesn't really matter who's playing quarterback. So, yeah, this is a big, big avoid. Yeah, and like you mentioned, the uh, the Chiefs seem to be the the Ravens kryptonite. Um, I just want to mention, having a look at the, the stats inside of Super Bowl futures earlier today, and just off the back of that that one result, uh, we pretty much had Kansas City and Baltimore even Super Bowl favourites at about 10.5% each probability. Mm. Um, after that result, the Chiefs are now elevated to 20.5% with the Ravens 
regressing to 9%. So that's a massive result in, in terms of the, the Super Bowl probabilities. Um, so I just, just wanted to mention that because I really feel like the Ravens have a point to prove and I want to take them in kind of this bounce-back, smackdown kind of narrative, but it is a humongous line on the road. And, and Washington, for all their faults, um, are incredibly ranked fourth overall in, in the NFL for defensive DVOA off the back of what is really a, it is quite an impressive pass rush. So it's a pass from me, but I, I would love to take the Ravens here. Yeah, and I think a big part of that uh, Chiefs, you know, Super Bowl price is just the way the new play-out format is. Um, you know, they're going to be the number one seed. It's just a massive advantage. They're the only team to have a bye. They get home field. It's just... Massive. Yeah, that's... And, like, they might not hang on to the one seed. Things happen. Mahomes got injured last season and missed, missed time and things like that. But the Ravens have a much tougher division as things mm. currently stand. So... Um, I feel like it's a, the path to, to the Super Bowl is a lot harder and they're into around that sort of 20% mark on debt fare there, that $5 to win the Super Bowl. So that's pretty much bang on with uh, the Stats Insider uh, percentage there. Um, I keep saying this every week, but Marquise Brown's big day is coming. I can <laughs> feel it. I think this is the week. Um, God, him and Mark Andrews were terrible last week. So that really big redemption factor for them. Um, all right, Cleveland at Dallas. Dallas minus four and a half. The total is 56. I lean Dallas minus four and a half. I have them five and a half. Cleveland surprisingly ranked inside the top 10 in both pass and rush defense DVOA, mm. but they haven't quite faced, you know, a passing offense quite like the Cowboys. I mean, they've played the Ravens and they were, you know, they scored 38 points, but a lot of that was on the ground. And they've played, you know, Washington and Cincinnati, not really two, you know, high-octane um, passing offences. So I just don't think the Browns have the personnel in the secondary to uh, contain, you know, this receiving core. And, and, and this offence, it's playing at a remarkable pace. They just have so much speed and they're playing fast. Um, it's it's really hard to, to to bet the Browns here in this spot on the road. And speaking of the road, they're 0-7 straight up and against the spread in their last seven road games, the, the Browns. So away from home, historically, in the in the recent times, not not very good. Um, and I'll say this, though. Cleveland going to this with probably the better offensive line at the moment. Dallas is so banged up on the on the O-line. And Cleveland are playing really, really well. Their guards, Joel Batonia and Wyatt Teller, who they traded for from the Bills. He was a disaster last year, and he's been absolutely immense so far this season and uh, Wills has been solid for them and Conklin's been great. So they have a really good offensive line, which, which kind of matches up well against this Dallas team um, whose only strength on defense is, is defensive line. So, um, you know, maybe we could see some Cleveland points and I, I probably lean over even though the total is so high. Um, but yeah, these are the two, two of the top four or five um, fastest paced teams in terms of offense in the NFL. So that kind of, pushes me towards taking the over even at that 56 number. Mm, yeah, I don't mind the over. And I was really surprised when I saw your, your notes earlier about that, uh, the Browns defensive ranking. I was really surprised at that. But like you said, they haven't really played an offense like Dallas. You know, like they, they played Baltimore in week one and Lamar Jackson is not a passing quarterback. We all, we all know that, but he still torched the Browns. It was 270 odd yards and three touchdowns in the air. Um, so imagine what Dak Prescott can do. So I, I really like the Dallas line here at, at um, you know, under a touchdown. I, I think that they win by, by probably more than that. But um, I also like if, if 
like I said, if, if Lamar can throw for 275 and three, imagine what Prescott can do. Um, wouldn't mind a little play on the 400-plus pass yards for Dak Prescott at, at over $5. Uh, just a little, a little nibble. A little nibble? Yeah, that's that's a that's a good point. It's it's just also concerning as as well. The, the Browns are not terribly efficient DVOA wise against the run, so I just yeah, I, just I could see think, I could see uh, Zeke having a big game potentially as well. But I don't even yeah, think for that's all a talent, nice price for all the talent on that that Dallas um, offense. I still don't think they've hit their stride yet. I don't think they've hit their peak, and there's a lot more to come from them. And oh, I just worry. Yeah. I worry for for the defense when this when this offense puts it together. Yeah, I mean, everyone's talked about Houston having a dreadful schedule, and they have. I mean, it's just an awful schedule to start the year. But Dallas, apart from Atlanta, like playing Sneaky Seattle tough, yeah. and and the Rams, it's like that's two of the top five in the NFC. Like Seattle, number one in the NFC, probably right now. We'll get to them in a little bit. But the Rams have been really strong as well. So and, yeah, it's and like, Atlanta for all their defensive woes, like they're pretty good on the other side of the ball. Saw what they did in the first half against Dallas, so they're not yeah. bad either. Yeah, I mean, Zach Martin was playing right tackle. So this Dallas team, like, once they get some continuity on the offensive line, they're only going to get better, and this could be the week. So, you know, I yeah, I definitely like Dallas. Just don't know if they're in my top three favorites, but we'll see. Uh, Indy, minus two and a half at Chicago. Total is 43 and a half. What's your thoughts on this one? Look, if Mitch Trubisky was starting, I'd be all over the Colts here. But, um, yeah, too much unknown about that offense with, with Foles coming in, the new quarterback. Um, India failed to cover the line in each of their last four games away from home. And, yeah, it's just a pass for me. What, what do you reckon? Yeah, this is a really fascinating game for me. Um, it's a big, big pass. One, I, I love that the Colts are f- first in DVOA at the moment. I, I know that's a weird thing because week three, it's like, heavily inflated and 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 the like but it's just uh it's just fun as a as a football nerd that loves football outsiders it's just very cool to have the Colts at uh <laughs> at uh you know number one on that list but I, I it's I'm last year, I reckon it. last year last year after week three the top two I think were the Niners and the Bills so it's it's not a bad yeah. sign no it's not a bad sign at all but yeah it's a big big pass I have a couple of things I need to see before betting on these two teams now. Firstly, I want to see this Colts offense against an above-average defense. Um, so, you know, they've, they've played the Jags, the Jets, and the Vikings. Um, so this is a, a bit bit of a step up in class. Um, and then secondly, I want to see how Nick Foles and this Bears mm. offense looks against a team that isn't Atlanta choking away, you know, a lead and, or yeah. a win. So it is, it's a it much... Is the big- it's the big question mark we mentioned yesterday yeah. in, in the kind of the, the week three recap. Um, yeah. You know, what, what Nick Foles could do with guys like Alan Robinson and um, Anthony Miller and um, David Montgomery. And, J- and Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy Graham. Turning back the clock a little bit. But everyone's talking about this Colts defense and, you know, they've been good the last two weeks. But again, the, their opponents have been dreadful and I, I'm starting to think maybe week one the Minshew only throwing for 95% and just tearing up the Colts was maybe just Minshew's becoming like a young Fitzpatrick where he has sort mm. of those four or five magical games a year that he pulls out of nowhere and and I think it was just sort of an ambush type scenario and maybe the Colts defense isn't as bad as that and it, so yeah. that's probably correct but I don't think they're as good as the last two weeks as well so I want to see how they go as well but everyone's talking them up but again, their opponents and early season schedules heavily in their favour. Um, so yeah, this is a big, big avoid for me. Um, but 
Um, just shout out to Phil Rivers. Uh, the Colts still don't have a, a three and out this season. So, I mean, what, you know, what can I say? What can I say there? Philly, Philly Rivers just keeps the chains moving, baby. Uh, Jacksonville at Cincinnati. Cincy minus three. Total is 49. All Joe Burrow does is cover spreads. He's never lost against the spread in the NFL. Um I mean, how can you not take Cincy here minus three? I think he gets their first win. He covers the spread. Joe Burrow is my guy, man. I, I love him. 3-0 against the spread. The backdoor cover against the Browns. I mean, he knew. He knew the line. He knew what he was doing. He's 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 the Tiger King for a reason. And, you know, he's got the punters back, and I really appreciate that. Um, I appreciate that grit. None of this sort of, you know, kneeling when there's a minute left and just taking the loss. You fight. Fight and, uh, you know, and cover the back door there. And I'll say this, though, Zach Taylor, he called out Joe Burrow this week saying he needs to be smarter taking hits. But, I mean, the Bengals management and coaching staff could maybe do a better job in protecting him since he had 29. It's a massive criticism. And their best plays this season have been when Burrow has extended plays by avoiding rushes and and moving and manoeuvring in the pocket and then finding players down the field because – you know, he, he's not been able to get many down-the-field passes without avoiding pass rushes because he's just got no time to sit back there because they're awful. The 29th in pass protection DVOA, um, he's been sacked like a crazy amount, pressured a crazy amount. It's like, it's it's staggeringly high. Um, and thankfully, the Jacksonville D-line is not as fierce as the years past. I think they're 29th in sort of um, sack-adjusted percentage this year. So they're missing a few players. Um, you know, from the years past that made them a, a formidable front. Um, but, yeah, I like Cincy minus three. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I, th- I think we, we've spoken about it a number of times um, in the, the season preview of, of this show earlier, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago and, and also in, in previous seasons that if you're going to invest in, in a quarterback and whether that's with draft assets, the number one pick, or, or in salary and, and contract, you have to invest in an offensive line to protect them. Because otherwise, you just you're bleeding cash, you're bleeding money, yep. you're bleeding points. Um, so that's a very good good call by you. I like that. Um, yep. I always get the Jags wrong at the moment, so I'm going to sit this one out from a, a result perspective. Um, plenty of holes around the Cincinnati defensive line, so I was keen to play James Robinson again, like I did last week. But it looks like the books uh, have finally woken up to the undrafted free agent. Um, I was looking at the 75 plus rushing yards. That's a dollar sixty six. And 100 plus rushing yards at three dollars, which is just it's just unders. So shop around; you might find one or two books that still have some value at that 75 plus mark. For I for still like the 100 week, plus at three bucks. I still like it. I, I think just, I just think, think it's he's too short now. That's it. He's. he's I, I agree. I just think it's too short. I, just, I think. Yeah, I'm sure you can get around. I still think you could shop around, but yeah. Um, yeah, I was looking that most books have have that at, at three, but you might be able to find one or two with some value. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think that'll be I don't think that'll be around for too much longer. So pass from me. Yeah. Pass from you. Yeah. All right, um, let's move on. Uh the Chargers at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay seven and a half point favorites at home. Total is forty three and a half. I'm gonna pass on this. Um, but you know, it, all the focus is on Brady and Gronk and, and the offense, but I think the Bucks defense is the story of last week. They're quietly ascending as one of the league's best. I know they only played Jeff Driscoll and, and Brett Ripien, but they've allowed the fourth fewest yards per game. They're tied for second in the league in takeaways at six, and they're allowing just 4.7 yards per play. 
the second lowest mark in the league. Um, so that's that's massive. That's going to be a tough task for Justin Herbert in his in his second uh, third start. Sorry. Um, so you know it's a tough tough task on the road, traveling across the country as well uh, for the Chargers. Also, Chris Harris, big out for the Chargers defense. Um, you know he would have been able to shadow sort of Godwin around the field, and we would have had a really cool matchup with with Haywood on Evans, making things I a little Godwin's bit tougher. Out. I think Godwin's out. Yeah, again. Oh, Godwin's out as well. Okay, mm. well then that that helps things. You just plug Haywood on Evans, and and uh, that should be a fun fun little matchup. But uh, how lucky is uh, the, the Bucks? They get they get the Drew Lock injury the week before, so they get to play <laughs> Jeff Driscoll, and now they lose uh, Melvin Ingram and Chris Harris and 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 all those sort of players in the last sort of ten days for the Chargers, um, which kind of takes some juice out of the the, the Chargers defense. So. Um, it's not too bad. I need to see more from from the from the offense, um, yeah. and I saw I, I saw I saw good signs last week, but still I just need to see a little bit more. They're getting better every week. It's going to take some time for for the quarterback to to adjust to a brand new system that he hasn't been in for like he's been in the same system for fifteen years. So um, it's going to take some um, some baby steps there. But yeah, I'm not going to take a minus seven until I see more from them. Yeah, I don't. I really don't know how to rate this game. My gut says. Tampa Bay at home because that, I mean the the majority of that is really because I don't rate this Chargers squad. Anyone who listened to our season preview knows that I, I really, really do not rate this Chargers squad. I, I prefer it with Justin Herbert, but um, even still against this defense, you know I just just can't see them doing too much. Um, Chargers are, are the definition of league average on both offense and defense um, according to Football Outsiders. And, and the Bucks, you know, we spoke about them last year. They had a sneaky good defense last year. Um, but they've improved even more, and, and they're fourth overall in defensive DVOA, the only team in the NFL to be top five ranked in both pass and run defense at, at Football Outsiders. So that's very impressive. You know, we spoke about a few other defenses. We, we talked about the Saints and uh, the Steelers in, in that sort of um, category, and, and at the moment it's it's the Bucks, and that's it. Uh, but I still don't trust the offense, especially without Chris Godwin. Mike Evans, in weeks one and three, Combined three catches from eight targets. Um, week two, seven catches on ten targets. So it's just inconsistent from Brady in terms of how he's moving the chains in, in this offense. That said, you know, if, if we're going odds and evens, then this is a this is an even week for Mike Evans. So I'm expecting a, a big one. 100, 100 plus receiving yards at two fifty five. Very, very um, sound logic. I yeah, love the, logic. Uh, the the analysis is uh, is intense. And yeah, very in depth, like, obviously, but yeah, uh, yeah look, I, yeah, I, I just can't trust don't like the offense, that at all. But, but I feel I like, like Haywood. I feel like Haywood. I feel like Haywood. The matchup there is tough for, for Evans. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's I a, don't know. It's a tough one, but who knows? It's, it's not. It's not one out, of my. He's obviously going to get a lot of targets. That's, that's it. That's it. And Miller. Miller's yeah. been seeing a fair bit of the ball, um, yep. but I think Evans is the go-to guy, and. What about Evans' stat line last week? Two catches, two yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. That's the yeah. biz- most bizarre stat line I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a fullback, two carries, two yards, two touchdowns sort of reminds me, performance. It's it reminds very, me of Garrett Blunt in that New England, yeah. um, which New England, England Super Bowl run every every yeah. Super Bowl year. It's just like Garrett Blunt just comes out of nowhere. from the one yard line. It's just yeah. A- but yeah, no, I haven't seen I haven't seen a receiver, a, a number one receiver at that have a. a a box score like that, yeah, crazy. Um, I'm avoiding that. I mean, yeah. If there's a if there's an underdog of the week that wins and doesn't surprise you, I feel like the Chargers might be up there at 365. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Justin Herbert, just a little bit of magic. Who knows? 
Um, uh, let's yeah, go yeah. to the next game. Minnesota at Houston. Houston minus four and a half. Total is 54 and a half. Um, I picked the Vikings last week to cover, and that was a, a win for me. Um, and I was happy with that. I have these two teams pretty evenly ranked in my ratings. The Vikings are rated slightly higher. Um, let me have a look here. I got the Vikings like 21st, no, 19th, and I got the Texans 25th. So for the, the rating, you can throw a blanket over all those teams pretty much in that sort of tier. But I just don't think Houston's home field advantage, especially in a pandemic, it's one of the weakest home field advantages with fans. Um, but in a pandemic, I don't think it's worth four and a half points. So I, I pretty much had this as Pickham or, or Minnesota via like a half point. Uh, so, yeah, I'm definitely taking Minnesota um, plus four and a half here. Houston are dead last in the NFL in rushing yards allowed per game at 188.3 and 24th in rushing de- defense DVOA, which I prefer that number because that uh, 188.3 is heavily inflated by the Ravens and, and Lamar Jackson just mm. cooking them on the ground as well. But uh, look, Dalvin Cook's coming off a single highest rushing total of, of his NFL career, 181 yards. Um, and I think that really helped their offense and opened up play action. Justin Jefferson really stood out and had his sort of um, – um, you know, welcome to the NFL moment last week where he was, you know, big and, and Adam Thielen was good. I feel like things work when they run the ball effectively and I can see them doing that here and it'll open them right up. Um, and at the same time, I think this is a great matchup for the Houston passing game. I think Cooks, Fuller, Cobb uh, should be able to make some plays against a, a secondary that's really struggling, especially their safeties. Both these safeties are, are highly rated. They're sort of always like, you know, in the top sort of, 10 to 15 safeties in the NFL, you know, year on year and sort of PFF rating and, and all pro votes and things like that. And they've just been really, really bad. Um, they're trying to do too much because they're struggling at cornerback, the Vikings. So I could see this being a shootout, but I think, uh, I think Minnesota, I just think getting four and a half here, I think this should be a picking game, but I, I feel like Houston, like as, as much as I'd love to, you know, crap all over them and shoot all over them. Um, I feel like they've, it's very harsh for them to start 0-4 because I don't think the Titans are that much better than the Texans, but one's potentially going to be 4-0 and one's going to be an 0-4, but I guess that's just the NFL. Well, they have played the three best teams in the NFL oh, yeah, in the first crazy. couple of weeks as well, which, <laughs> is, which is rough for the, for the yeah, Houston Texans. But, yeah. I mean, like assuming at, as, as at the, the time that we record this, the, the Vikings haven't had any positive tests, so we're assuming that this game goes ahead. Um, yep. And yeah, that's another added factor as well. Um, how much how, how much practice have the Vikings had this week yeah, because of this? That's, yeah, that's something know. to yeah. Um, and yes, you know, Houston are zero and three. They've played the three best teams in the NFL uh, to date. But I, I don't rate Houston at all. And anyone who listens to this show knows that I don't rate Houston at all. And and I won't until Bill O'Brien is gone from Houston. Um, Minnesota. I also I'm not a huge. Wrap on them. I think they've gotten worse. I've mentioned this a few times that I think that they've regressed since last season. But even even acknowledging those expectations, I think they've still underperformed to, to those expectations. So I'm expecting them to get better. Um, so I, I like the I like the points with Minnesota, um, and wouldn't even mind a, a little go at the money line for the Vikings because I think they're better. I think I don't rate Houston, and I think Minnesota are just better. Okay. The schedule gets a little easier for the Texans the next two weeks. Jags, Titans. What 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 would you have them as first the Texans the next week? They're at home. Uh, what, what would you have the line there in that? For, for the Jags? 
yeah, well, yeah, for Houston hosting the Drags, yeah. Uh, at home, probably similar to this one, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I just did a quick run there. My numbers would have Texans sort of four and a half point favorites. So yeah. um, that seems crazy that the Vikings are getting plus four and a half. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, there we go. Uh, so we're both on Minnesota plus four and a half. Uh, yep. Let's move on. New Orleans minus four and a half. Detroit, uh, oh, sorry, at Detroit, the total is 54. Um, Detroit, I'm on it plus four and a half here. I love Detroit in this spot. Um, Golladay back in the lineup makes this offense fire, fire. They were they were great last week. Um, I think they can, and that was with Stafford missing some throws too, um, which he was, was a lot better in weeks one to th- one one and two as opposed to week three. But um, I think just finding his feet with Golladay back in the lineup. But you know the total being fifty four suggests this should be. A shootout. Everyone's going to look at Drew Brees' box score last week. And, and sorry, what were we going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say you never fail to surprise me and amaze me with your Detroit love hate relationship. Uh, it's just a weird thing. I uh, just I love them as an underdog. I will fade them forever <laughs> as a favorite. Um, yeah, but look, everyone's going to look at Drew Brees' box score last week. Um, but I think it's misleading. A lot of it's just Kamara, like just tossing the ball to Kamara and mm. saying, "All right, just beat seven guys." Like that's just not a sustainable. Um, you know, uh, offense. Like, it's just not a great plan. As good as Kamara is, it's just like, it's just horrendous planning. Um, yeah, he, Breeze is dead last. He's actually 33rd in the NFL um, because we've had a couple of quarterback changes. Um, <laughs> in average depth of target, 4.6 yards, and he's the only quarterback to average fewer than six yards per target. <laughs> that's shocking. So that's a sign that either the Saints don't trust him to throw downfield efficiently anymore or Breeze doesn't trust his arm. And it's like excruciating to watch when he's like mm. in the pocket and you can see him like he hesitates, he gets scared. Like you, you see him wind the arm back and then he doesn't actually bite on it. And it's, it's really weird. Um, also chance, don't Michael, does he, is, does he just not trust any of the other receivers without Michael know, Thomas? Yeah, maybe, maybe it's that, but Michael Thomas is just like, an A plus version of Jason Avant, anyway. So, like, I saw a tweet about that, and I thought it was excellent during the week. I can't remember who. Not, did it, not even like, comment on that one. It was a great call. Um, yeah, he's just—I don't know. It's all underneath stuff with him, anyway. Like, it's all comeback routes and hitches and, and slants. So, like, I don't know. I think he's just washed, and I just can't take Breeze minus five and a half on the road, um, even against my favorite coach in the NFL, Matt Patricia. Um, I just, I just can't do it. So, I'm taking Detroit plus four and a half, and. I lie. This is the best upset. This is the upset of the week. Detroit, <laughs> two seventy five to win. Um, oh, I, I yeah, agree with the that. Saints, the Saints look cooked. I, just, I don't know. Their defense played well, but like, I mean, Alan Lazard was running wide open. I mean, you're probably faster than Alan Lazard. So you know, like, <laughs> what's going on here? I don't know. I'm, I'm probably not faster than Alan Lazard. Just putting that out there. Okay, uh, fair enough. But yeah, look, I'm I'm not quite ready to say that. The breeze is washed and the Saints are cooked. Uh, I'm going to give them a few more weeks. I want to see what they're like after the midpoint of the season uh, because we know that they tend to get better in the second half yeah. of, of seasons as well. But this game is, is a huge pass. I just Right now, I don't know what to expect from, from Breeze and the Saints. And we talk about Matthew, Edward, fucking Patricia every week. And so I'm just not going to touch this one. I'm actually going to miss him when he's gone. He, no, you won't. 
I'm anyway, gonna miss him. Anyway. I'm gonna miss him. I'm gonna miss the pencil and that he wears behind his ear, even though his sheets are laminated. I'm gonna miss that. Yeah. I don't think you will. I don't think you will. Yeah, but yeah, I'll say this about, yeah, I'll say this about the Saints. Um, you can't spell Jameis Winston without W I N. That's all I'll say. Um, you know, if you want wins, start Winston. It's you also can't cool. spell Jameis Winston without I N T. So yeah, that is also true. Um, yeah. So, good point. Touche. Um, Seattle, minus six and a half. Unplanned. Unplanned polarity. Yeah, very, very well done. Um, Seattle, minus six and a half at Miami. Total is 52 and a half. Um, I think we're on the same page here, Um, like uh, Minnesota. Um, I like Seattle, minus six and a half. I'm very iffy normally taking cross-country road favorites. Mm. But, and betting against... Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick. Wow, Ryan Fitzpatrick is fucking terrifying because yeah. he's just like this footballing enigma. Yeah. Um, that it's just like, he is like he just pulls these games out of nowhere and like I don't know. I'm feeling upsets and underdogs this week, and my numbers love all these underdogs. Like I don't know, the Dolphins nearly beat the Bills at home a couple of weeks back. Like I don't know, the, the Seattle are dead last in in past defense and everything. So I don't know. Fitzmagic could happen again. We've seen it so many times. It's terrifying, but I just can't bet against this Seattle team right now. They're the best team in the NFC. Um, Russell Wilson, you know, as much as I like to rile on the MVP narrative, he's been phenomenal. Um, and yeah, it's crazy, but you look at Miami and they're kind of like, I think eighth or ninth in, in passing defense overall. Um, but they've only faced 96 pass attempts, the fewest of any team in, in the, the top half in yards against. Numbers and, do lie. Yeah, and they've permitted opposing quarterbacks to complete 71.9% of their throws. Um, I think Russ Russ will cook. I think he'll uh, he'll make some plays. But at the same time, I think Miami could probably put up some points. I think Devontae Parker probably has a has a massive gain here that could be a player prop to look at. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm on Seattle minus six and a half. So you call the Seahawks the best team in the NFC. Are we ready to call Seattle the best team in the NFC? I, I feel like by de facto, like you can't. I th- like, yeah, I, th- I think it's right? time. I think we are ready. I mean, we don't know what the Saints are at the moment. The Niners are, are broken. The Cowboys are great on offense, but massive question marks on defense. The Eagles are completely fucked. The Rams, the Rams are pretty good, but they're yep. not the best team in the NFC. They're not better than the Seahawks, not at the moment anyway. So, no. yeah, I think I think they probably are. Um yep. So it's it's got to be Seattle. I think regardless of last week's results, that, that Miami pass rush and, and passing defense is woeful. Uh, and Seattle's offense is so so multifaceted. They've got so many options and, and they're dangerous from, from anywhere, whether Russ is running the ball, whether he's in the pocket, you know, it doesn't doesn't really matter. He can do he can do anything and uh, he is doing anything at the moment. It's been a year and a week since Russell Wilson last had a 400-plus passing yard game, and that was against the Saints in a, in a six-point loss. I'm expecting another four-plus touchdown game from Russell Wilson this week against this defense. So I really like that Seattle minus six-and-a-half line and little play at Russell Wilson, 400-plus yards at $7.50. Okay. How many uh, touchdown passes is he going to throw from the one-yard line to boost his stats this week? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. Fair Doesn't enough. Matter. All good. Uh, yeah. I love that, you know, the little uh, one-yard sort of hitch. Just, yeah. Boost the stats. Uh, well, right. Why New not? York, 
Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> Permits are allowed. No one remembers how many yards the passes are. And I will because I'm a petty, <laughs> twisted sicko. Just because like you hate the narrative. Are. You just hate the yeah, narrative. Yeah, I, I just love, yeah, yeah. I'm really stubborn and I hate, I'm just like, this is the, that's why the humble pie for Josh Allen's probably going to be in the oven for a month. And like, I won't admit I'm wrong until he wins MVP. It's going to burn something. you real bad. Yeah, that it's going to destroy me. Um, the takes are going to be horrendous from, from my mentions. But anyway, New York Giants at LA, uh, the Rams, minus 12 and a half at home, the Rams. Totals 48 and a half. I'm going to pass on this. My numbers have it at around 10 or nine and a half, which, like, there's just absolutely no way I can take the Giants, but at the same time with my numbers putting that number out, um, I can't take the Rams at that number either, but I think the Rams should roll, but I'm not touching it. Um, I like Daryl Henderson props with with, uh, with Akers still out, 150 plus rushing yards at $6. Um, I think that's a big, big possibility here. They run, they're actually, despite being a really efficient team, they're running the ball a lot on first and second down, um, but it's, it's effective running the ball, and I've been really impressed with Jared Goff, but yeah, I've got nothing to say about the Giants, and it's pretty much a clear pass for me. Yeah, it's pretty rare that I take a, a double-digit line outside of the Chiefs. Um, you know, whiffed on the on the Ravens earlier, um, but the Rams are, are scoring at a pretty decent clip so far. They're the number one-ranked DVOA offense, averaging just under 30 points per game on offense. They're uh, conceding 23.6 points per game against, and, and the Giants are just a rabble, like you said, they averaged under 13 points per game for and double that against. So this really should be a belting at, at home for the the rounds. Jared Goff, I think, is going to air it out a lot. Like you said, that they are running the ball on first and second down. But I think, I think especially um, when they get past midfield, I think he's going to be throwing it a lot. And I'm expecting, you know, they've got talent with Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Tyler Higby, you know, he's going to be throwing it as often as possible against the 30 rank, 30th ranked pass defense. Rams by multiple touchdowns. I like Robert Woods, 125 plus receiving yards, $5.50 is overs, and I'm going to take that. Um, but yeah, Rams easy, and I'm, I'm taking that minus 12.5. What price would you put the Rams to win by 43 plus points in the margin? <laughs> Um, that's that's probably uh, what I'll just take instead, just for a bit. Hundred dollars, hundred bucks. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's probably the true price. But it's about third. It's about thirties, but that might just be a little long shot. To win by forty plus, forty three plus. To win by forty three plus is at thirty dollars. Yeah, it's a ter- horrendous is, price. That is minus value. Terrible. Yeah, I know it's terrible, but I just it's fun. But it's just fun watching this. Dave Gettleman just built team just <laughs> just implode from the inside, um, but yeah, that's probably the worst price. I sh- should shop around. There's probably an alternate line that's way. Yeah, you must that. be able to get just, it somewhere. There's a few. There's just that's the only book that has like a margin at the moment. That's uh, <laughs> that's not. I expect better from Top Sport. I'll just say that. Um, all right, uh, Buffalo at uh, Las Vegas. That's the next game. Buffalo three point favorites on the road. Mm. Total is 52 and a half. 52 and a half for a Buffalo mm. game is crazy. Mm. You would have thought crazy. after last year, all the unders you cleaned up on Buffalo games. <laughs> um, I'm taking the Raiders plus three here. Um, speaking of Josh Allen, it's not a fade against Josh Allen. It's it's more of a fade of the Bills defense. Um, I thought the Raiders played a lot better last week than the scoreline suggested. I think a lot of that game came down to some bad fumble luck and some always some strange things happen when you play in New England. Um, and it's just a much tougher task than playing at home in your fresh new stadium where you you wallop the Saints. So 
look, the Bills are 3-0, and but they've been really shaky in their last two games, including, you know, on the road in Miami against a far worse team than this, than this Las Vegas team. They're also traveling across the country um, from Buffalo to Vegas. And, and yeah, I just think they got very lucky last week to be 3-0. and So I feel like there's a little bit of inherent line value when you see a 3-0 and team. Um, and, look, they really struggled to stop the run against the Rams, and I just don't think that's good news because um, Josh Jacobs is an absolute stud, and John Gruden has no hesitation to hand the ball off to him, um, you know, 25, 30 times a game, and I think that just bodes well for the Raiders who can keep things interesting at home here. Um, and I think Darren Waller was really banged up last week, and I think he'll be better this week. Um, he's kind of getting eased back into it off the injury report each day. So I think uh, I think bodes well for the Vegas. I think I'm going to take them plus three. I, I think the Raiders are sneaky, pretty decent. Their defense is a shambles, but I don't rate Derek Carr at all. But I think John Gruden's um, play calling this season has been, been pretty good. I'll say that. Yeah, look, I don't have much to say. I'm going back to the future with this one. I'm going the unders, under 52 and a half. That is a very high line for a, a Bills-Raiders game, if you, you know, look historically. And... Despite the first few weeks, I do trust the Bills' defense to rebound and, and get it right. And despite the first few weeks, I don't trust the Raiders' offense. And it's just as simple as that. Uh, and so I'm, I'm going the unders. Yeah, I, and I also don't mind Singletary's 100-plus rushing yards. Mm. The, the, uh, the Raiders can't really stop the run either. So I kind of like the under as well for that reason as well, that we'll just see a lot of running of the football which I'm also up. means less scoring. So that gives me the, you know, that also makes the plus three a little bit more appealing. I love Devin, Devin Singletary. I, I wish that he had more opportunity. Yeah. They invested in uh, Moss, Moss at the draft. He's, he's was, out this week. Yeah, he's out. So. Yep. And, and yep. I was really confused about that because I do, I really like Devin Singletary. I, I think he's I, one of the I most think, efficient runners in the league in terms yeah. of, you know, yard per, per run, yard per, per carry. Times, yeah. um, and has the ability to string off, you know, big runs all the time. Yeah, I, I still think having that extra back there and a good back helps. I just think for, for sustainability sure, and the, keeping people fresh. So Any team would love to have that sort of versatility. And, and Moss yeah. is bigger and stronger, and so you'd prefer him yep. you know, at the, the, in the red zone. But, yeah, I, I really yep. like Devin Singletary. Yep, I, I agree. Uh, New England at Kansas City. Kansas City minus seven, totals 52.5. Probably the funnest game of the week. Um, and I'm probably going to spend the least amount of time talking about it. It's a pass for me. I'm still kicking myself for not taking Mahomes as an underdog last week. I feel like that's only going to happen once or twice a year for the next 15 years. So um, I think any time – I'm just putting it as a new rule in my uh, you know, gambling brain or portion of my brain is to always take Mahomes as an underdog. I just feel like there's just always going to be value there. But as a touchdown favorite against Bill Belichick and Cam Newton, I'm going to pass – Line spot on with my ratings. Um, yeah, I think this should just be a fun game. I'm just keen to watch it. Not used to seeing, you know, game totals so high in, in Patriots games. Um, but I think we've probably got to get used to it this season. I think it's going to happen more and more. Um, Kansas City, the number one ranked passing offense, as we know. The Patriots, bottom five in passing defense. New England have the number one ranked rushing offense and Kansas City the 30th ranked rush defense. So this should be really fun. Bodes well for a lot of a lot of points and, and the, the total kind of indicates that. Um, if both teams stick to their strengths, then then there are going to be a lot of points. There's going to be a lot of opportunities to score. I like the overs, over 52 and a half. And Patrick Mahomes, 300 plus passing yards at even money, $1.90. 
I th- that feels it feels like even money, especially against a, a weak passing defense. Patrick Mahomes so is going to go close to three hundred yards every week. Every week, yeah. It's, it seems weird saying that about um, New England because just cause yeah, because it's New Bill England. has been Bill so good, it. but yeah, I feel like they'll turn it around. But this might not be the week. So yeah, I no. I agree. I, I, I don't mind the overplay as well. Um, but yeah, game of the week should be fun. Um, keen to see to see that one and how it pans out. Uh, all right, Philly at San Fran. San Fran minus seven and a half at home. Total is forty six. Um, I'm going back to the Eagles. Well, Nick, I'm taking mm. the Eagles plus seven and a half. I apologize, Philly fans. <laughs> Philly would lose out on the injury comparison with pretty much most teams in the league. I think this is the only one they probably wouldn't. Ten starters were absent last Sunday for San Fran. Broncos, maybe. Broncos. Yeah, the Broncos are up there as well. Uh, they're probably the only two. But, yeah, look, they were fortunate to play the Giants. And <laughs> and Nick Mullins played fantastic. And Kyle Shanahan should be applauded for just incredible coaching and scheming and just trust in playing to his quarterback strengths and the way he can adapt. But... I think the Eagles have been bad, but they're a cut above both those New York franchises, and they're still an above-average defense that can get some pressure on the quarterback. Who, who like Nick Mullins got barely any pressure last week from the Giants. They have zero pass rush. They're, they're a terrible secondary. It's just completely wide-open stuff. So it was very easy for Nick Mullins last week. Um, we talked about the, the Eagles' struggles on offense on our Thursday Night Football pod uh, yesterday. I just can't see how they can be any worse than last week. Like, you just applying that very basic logic. They have to regress positively. They just have to. Like, there's just no way they can be that bad. Um, and they're not a four-and-a-half-point favorite here. They're a seven-and-a-half-point dog. Philly love being an underdog. We know that. They they won a Super Bowl off that mantra. They're seven-and-one against the spread in their last eight games against San Fran. Um, so I'm going to take Philly plus seven-and-a-half this week. I'm, on, I'm yeah. going back to the well. <laughs> yes. how, how anyone can bet on this game is beyond me with the state of the Eagles and the health of the Niners. Uh, you're right. Yeah. I mean, the Eagles have too much talent, regardless of injuries. They've got too much talent for, for this to keep going, and there's got, they, they've got to progress at some point. I'm just not willing to bet on it. Fair enough. Uh, all right, let's move on. Atlanta at Green Bay. Green Bay minus seven. Total is 56 and a half. What's your thoughts on this? Well, you, you spoke about the game earlier. Uh, Pat's Chiefs is one of the funnest games of the week. This this should be pretty fun as well. I mean, the, the Falcons are, are zip and three, and probably you know they've had opportunities to be three and zip. Um, yeah. Defense 100%. lets them down second half every game, um, and the Packers, on the other hand, are three and zip, and they look really good. Um, yeah, they scored over. Yeah, legit three and zero. There are some question marks that I'll, I'll come to about the Packers. Uh, yep. But they've scored over 35 in all three games, 40-plus in two out of three. And the Falcons are averaging 30 points, four and 36 against, which is devastating, really. If you're a, if you're a Falcons fan, that's, that's devastating. Yeah. Funnily enough, and, and I alluded to it before, the question mark around Green Bay is they're ranked 28th in defensive DVOA compared to Atlanta in 20th, which I just – I would not have picked that. I don't know if anyone else would have picked that, but I certainly wouldn't. Um, I like the overs. This this should just be a, a really fun overs game. Um, look at those two numbers, really, basically. This this should be 60. should be a 60 score. Um, Aaron Jones has had two high 60-yard rushing games in weeks one and three and a massive 168-yard rushing game in week two. Uh, it's an average of 101 yards per game, just what it's worth. Um, and for uh, 
for 100 rushing yards, Aaron Jones, 355 is over. So I'm going to have a little play on that. But, yeah, the big one is the over. Yeah, okay. I uh, Yeah, it's hard. I'd probably lean Green Bay minus seven. My numbers have Green Bay as eight-point favourites. But I'm always very cautious of a, you know, a touchdown-plus favourite in prime time. So I'll probably wait until kickoff uh, in this one um, before I decide what I want to do. But um, I think Matt LaFleur is like kind of my early – sort of coach of the year shout um he's been i've just been super impressed with what he and rogers are, are cooking up on offense they seem to finally be on the same page after sort of 18 months of i wouldn't call it hostility but maybe sort of just a bit of you know when you go on a first few dates you're just feeling each other out and seeing where things are and where and what your interests are and you know your pro where your priorities lie and i feel like they're finally starting to mesh together well uh it's a, it's a young romance in the nfl that's blossoming into something beautiful um but look they're a scoring machine they're averaging a 40 40.7 points a game that's the nfl best and yeah they face a falcons defense that pretty much cannot stop anything except mitchell trubisky maybe that's probably why they're 20th for the first yeah, three right. quarters mitchell yeah. trubisky helped the falcons dvoa defense but uh Look, they're 31st in opponents' yards per game, the Falcons. So that just does not bode well. But on the other side, you know, Packers have a clear weakness in stopping the run and leaking yards to running backs. So Todd Gurley, who has mostly been absent, been a non-factor, he's actually probably been outplayed by Brian Hill. Um, he needs to have a big game to help the Falcons cover here. But, yeah, I lean, I lean Green Bay minus seven. I do like the, the Aaron Jones shout from you. Um at the same time, uh, any final thoughts on Packers? Yeah, just, just a quick one. We had we had a question on Twitter last night as we recorded the, the Thursday night football show, and I might throw this one over to you. But Robo oh eight on Twitter asked, "Can you explain the cadence play calling of Rogers that keeps getting brought up by the commentators for a few keen listeners?" A couple of question marks around that. Yeah, it's kind of a real cliche booth thing that um, happens. Like, you know how they always used to talk about Brock Osweiler's being tall and Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> going to Harvard and, and Antonio Gates used to play basketball. Um, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is the only quarterback in the NFL to uh, jump people offside with, uh, you know, fake play calling and, and uh, yeah, yeah, and that sort of stuff. It happens a lot, but Aaron Rodgers is probably the guru of it. I think he does it more than anyone in terms of, you know, getting players to jump offside with uh, – with sort of that fake, those fake calls. And I think, uh, you know, he does it well and he gets, generally gets a free play, but they've been calling them dead pretty quickly. Um, I think for player safety, so that you don't get people getting hit and, and things like that. But uh, yeah, I think one or two touchdowns a year come from sort of players like that, where he just gets a free play on a flag and it, and it bodes well for him. Well played. For, for yeah. any, any Australian football fans, similar kind of cliche booth call that, that, Josh referring to is the old Scott Pendlebury used to play basketball and uh, played with Paddy Mills. So hear that yeah. pretty much every Collingwood game on, on oh, TV. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, crack. It's just it's <laughs> it's rubbish. Yeah, come up with new material. Let's go. <laughs> um, that pretty much wraps it up. We have got one more game here, uh, but it's off the board at the moment. Pittsburgh at Tennessee. Um, it's off the board. Um, look, I got this as Pickham when I did my numbers but it's impossible to know or judge at all with what's going on in this one. We've got no idea what's going on with with this situation with, with Tennessee. We've got no idea whether they've been able to practice all week. Um, there's, it's likely that this game's being moved to, to a Monday to be on before um, at the Green Bay um, Falcons game, which I like. I prefer the double Monday night football to mm. Thursday night football. I don't know about you, but I prefer yep. that. I think it's yep. awesome. 
Um, it'll give us more time to prep during the week so we don't have to rush <laughs> in podcasts and it actually have player props up later in the week that we can take. But um, I'll say this, I think Tennessee are the most fraudulent 3-0 team, probably even more so than the Bears. Um, I just, yeah, I just think the Steelers, look, they've had a pretty nice schedule to date. Um, so that's kind of influencing their numbers a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I probably would avoid unless this hits sort of plus three on either side, then I'll just take whoever's the uh, the dog here. Um, but, yeah, it's hard to judge. We'll just have to wait and see what's what's going to happen over the weekend with this one. Yeah, really hard. I mean, you just don't know. Like, we have so little information. We don't know who the who the players that have tested positive are. We don't know what impact that would make if, if those players missed and if the rest of the squad gets the all-clear to play. We just don't know enough. So it's, it's a pass for me. I, I will disagree with you on, uh, on the Titans. I, I really like the Titans. I have ever since the start of last season and you guys, you know, when, uh, when James was on the podcast with us last year, you guys both laughed at me for my, my Tennessee love last year. And um, yeah, I think I was, I think I was fairly well looked after by them in, in the end, but yep. um, I also really like the Steelers this season. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows? I'm not going to get on board for the Titans until uh, uh, their, their head coach says that he's going to uh, castrate himself for a Super Bowl <laughs> win again. Then I'm on board. It's, that's one of those things that you can really legitimately only do once. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, if you could castrate yourself more than once, um, I mean, that's an achievement in itself. Um, so <laughs> good good for whoever can do that. Well done. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. But, yeah, it's just, it's just a weird scenario. So we'll wait and see. But, I'm, you know, if this does get moved to Monday Night Football and, and hopefully Tennessee aren't missing any key players um, in this game because – It'd be really sour given it's a, a you know three and game, and, and the fact that it'll be in prime time is pretty good to have two three and teams in prime time. Um, it's kind of maybe helps the NFL a little bit. I feel like in their favour, it might actually help them in the long run if if they do have players. Um, yeah, and that's assuming this, those guys and they handle so. this safely as well. Yeah, I mean, assuming that the the what is it the three who test positive uh, yeah. are not Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. So yeah, exactly. Um, and I didn't mention in the Philly game, this is a primetime game. I mean, everyone's been watching oh. Wentz stink it up. Um, to, this is also an added pressure. Like, oh. Wentz needs to bounce back in primetime. This would sort of silence the doubters, but uh, we'll see. Anyway, uh, lock of the week. Lock of the week, we're 3-1, and one, I think. No, 3-2, and 2-1. Two, two, two uh, Can't remember. Let me have a look. 3-1, three, three I think. 3-1. Three 3-1. Three it's, yeah. it's hard to remember. Where are we? Uh, yeah, three and one. So Pittsburgh week one. Then we had Cincy plus six, and it was a push. Oh, so it's like three, that's right. Yeah, 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 that's right. So it's three zero one. Oh yeah, no, that's right. So yeah. Um. So and New Orleans lost. Sorry, that yeah. Anyway, um, we we're going well. Winning record there. I feel like Seattle minus six and a half or Dallas minus four and a half is probably where we're at. Yeah, I like. I'm happy with either of those. To be honest, I, I'm, you, I'm strong got, on both. You've got Dallas. You're, yeah, you're not quite as strong on Dallas as I am. So no, nah. you've we'll got go Dallas Seattle. in your best bets. Yeah, you you got Dallas in your best bets. So we're covered mm. there. I reckon Seattle minus six and a half. Let's uh, yep. let's lock that in as the official uh, week four best bet uh, for the punt return podcast. And I'll wrap things up quickly with my best bets and long shots. Um, I've got. I'm not overly a big fan of this week. I'm pretty much treading carefully. So just a word of warning here because a lot of my numbers like um, some really ugly teams as underdogs and that scares me to death Um, and it doesn't give me much confidence. But also at the same time, I always hate taking favorites at big prices as well. So it's kind of a a weird 
there's always a week like that that comes up, and I think it's this week. But I've gone Detroit plus four and a half against the Saints, Philly plus seven and a half against the 49ers, and Minnesota plus four and a half uh, against the Texans. My long shots, I'm splitting up into four players instead of three, five dollars a piece. Daryl Henderson, 150 plus rushing yards at six bucks. James Robinson, I am taking the three dollars at 100 mm. plus. Since he's terrible against the run, so I like that. J Rob is just making the Jaguars look silly for taking Leonard Fournette fourth overall. <laughs> um, five dollars on Josh Jacobs, 150 plus rushing yards at six bucks, and this is the week. Marquise Hollywood Brown, 125 plus yards, 475. I'll put. Uh, $5 of my allocated $20 a week long shot uh, <laughs> uh, bundle on that. So I'm splitting it up four ways. That's where I'm at. Nick, finish us off. What are your best bets and long shots? Interesting from you going all three best on the, on the dogs. But, uh, yep. yeah, whatever uh, floats it's your boat. Live dogs. Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dallas minus four and a half. I think, I think they'll win pretty easily. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 300-plus passing hours, $1.90, even money. Um, that's one of my safest plays for the week, I think. And Falcons Packers over fifty six and a half. I think there's gonna be plenty of points. I think that's a that's a sixty point game, if not more. And uh, three long shots. So I've got five bucks on Dak Prescott, four hundred plus passing yards at five dollars fifty. Five dollars on Russell Wilson, four hundred plus passing yards at seven dollars fifty, which I think is very juicy. Uh, and ten dollars on Aaron Jones, hundred plus rushing yards at three dollars fifty five. Right, this is this is the week where you you start your long shot run. This is what you it was about this last uh, season, wasn't it? It was about week four, must, five. Yeah, it was, and I must admit, I like your long shots more than mine this week. So uh, we're in good area, we're in good territory. All right, that wraps up the show. Uh, thanks for tuning in. If you haven't, please uh, double back and listen to our our uh, part one of week four, our uh, week three recap and, and preview of Thursday night football. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the first week of you know AFL and NRL finals as well. Um, and uh, yeah, check out Stats Insider as well. I mean, James mentioned it. Uh, James Nick mentioned it before um, the Stats Insider model and things like that. And, and our uh, colleague James, who's uh, normally uh, normally on this show here and there, um, he's doing some good stuff over there as well, focusing on uh, the NFL. So check that out. But until next time, you can follow us at Punt Return Pod. You can follow me at JYNFL and Nick at Nick Scooter. Get in touch, peace. Get in touch. <laughs>